You're listening to Monster of the Week with Timothy from ProDM, and I have quite a special guest for you today. We have a sponsor, finally, for Monster of the Week. It is a brand new lifestyle brand, and we have a lifestyle guru here to talk to you about it. Would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. My name is Jeffrey Lesuave, and I am the Chief Wellness Officer of Cube, which uh, takes the essence of the gelatinous cube and boils it down for humans to ingest, to cleanse themselves of toxins, of any uh, parasites, of things that just that live in the body. Yeah. So you eat you eat the cube. You ingest, I, I, I sort of thought it was like a facial you can application. In, you can okay. ingest the cube. We also have a, a mask applicant as well. Okay, um, gotcha. Some people like to insert the cube into the rectum, uh, which is another <laughs> oh, thing people do. I was just thinking the bit has gone on way longer than any previous bit, and then we immediately got to the rectum. Oh, I could uh, do. I could. I could go on. I could keep going. <laughs> Please spare us. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. All right. Though our special guest today is, I'm uh, Jeffrey Golden. I'm a, a narrative designer for video games and a TTRPG game creator, and uh, and it's a pleasure to be here, Timothy. I'm so happy to have you, Jeffrey. And I'm so glad no one has to put anything in their rectum. Uh, great. You, you don't have find. to, but you might want to. <laughs> you could, you know. You can find the gelatinous cube on page 242 of the 5th edition Monster Manual. Technically, this is a bit of a cheat episode because it is classified under oozes, which is its own category. Right. But the cube is like, it's the, it's the king of the oozes. It's the most iconic ooze. It definitely deserves its own episode. I, I right? was initially very confused when I looked in the Monster right. Manual and I looked in the front index under mm-hmm. G, gelatinous cube, not there. C, Nothing. cube, not there. I was like... <laughs> cube, comma, gelatinous. Yeah, yeah, I was like, where is... What is... Where is this? Right. And then I looked at it and it's like, oh, it's under oozes. Oozes, I yeah. would not have thought... that I Because gelatinous cube is so important. I would think you could do... You could call it gelatinous cube and other oozes or something like that. <laughs> gelatinous cube and friends. And friends. Yeah, yeah seriously. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think that's one of my complaints we'll talk about later is I feel like by by bundling all the oozes together, they kind of individually get the short shrift a little bit, right? Yeah. It's like, there's enough to do a whole entry on the cube. You don't have to just like bundle it with the rest of them. Like, But as the name implies, the cube is a perfectly transparent a cube of acidic goo. It's about 10 feet by 10 feet on a side. In art, it is usually depicted as being kind of greenish or bluish because, you know, an invisible cube doesn't make for great <laughs> art. Um, classically, it also has like bones or weapons or armor, like of undigestible materials sort of floating around in it. Yeah, its whole premise is that it, it silently rolls up to you and just engulfs you in its goop and then you're, you're slowly uh, eaten away by its acid. I would say along with like the rust monster and the owl bear and probably the beholder, which we just talked about, uh, this is one of the most iconic D&D monsters out there. Yeah. And I think it's a special, it's very special in that way because it is so, it's unique to Dungeons and Dragons. Like there's no other fantasy. It's a, uh, it's a Gygax original. 
This isn't, Absolutely this is. isn't yes. like a lot of it, which is like Lord of the Rings, but they erased a couple letters and they put yeah, some other letters. They some letters around. Right. It's a tree ent. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Right. Not an ant. No, this is, com- uh, this is completely original. And you're right, incredibly iconic. Uh, it's almost right. one of the first monsters you would think of uh, next to Precisely, precisely. And it's so it's so tailor-made to D&D. Like, it's, it's all about dungeon corridors and, like, answering weird questions. Like, well, how come... You know, the place is so clean. And where did all the dead bodies go? Like, wow, well, what you don't know is that there's a monster <laughs> whose job it is. But in 5th edition, it is presented as a CR2, a large ooze. Um, it's got a big pile of immunities, but immune to a bunch of conditions like blinded and charmed and the things you'd expect for a mindless ooze. Um, it has one big catch-all trait here called ooze cube. Uh, very delightful to say. And it basically covers like how mechanically it works and how it moves and stuff like that. It's got a trait called transparent, which covers the kind of invisibility thing. When it's not moving, it can't be seen. And then it has two attacks. It is a pseudopod attack, which hits for, you know, a small amount of acid damage. And then it's got engulf. It's kind of, you know, it's star ability. Yeah, and then that's pretty much it. It's, it's a pretty standard, pretty simple monster. There's not a lot of complexity here, but it is so iconic. It has really endured the test of time. I wanted to ask you, Jeffrey, you were one who picked the cube for today's episode. What is it about the cube that attracted you so? It is one of the funniest monsters in <laughs> all of fiction. I can't help but laugh whenever I think about a gelatinous cube. Even if I am, a po- even if a gelatinous cube was coming at me in real life, I would right. probably <laughs> still laugh about it because of yeah. how... how it's um, a very absurd. It's yeah. a very absurd uh-huh. monster. And that tends to be my sense of humor. So I, I do this thing called Adventure Stack with these micro uh, role-playing games that I send to my players via email. Like it's like an email newsletter. And uh, and we did one uh, called Drink a Gelatinous Cube, where you oh. are an adventurer who finds themselves inside of a gelatinous, something <laughs> like a gelatinous yeah. cube. But right. it's, yeah. but it's alco- legally distinct. Le- yeah. It's uh-huh. very similar. But it's right. uh, made entirely of alcohol, and so you, oh, okay. you have to see if you can drink your way out yeah. of it. Yeah, the gelatinous booze or gelatinous whatever. Bo- yeah. Gelatinous booze, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, is there, is there a place people can find that online? Because oh. I'd love to put it in the show notes. Oh, yeah. absolutely, and adventuresnack.com. People can find adventuresnack.com. it. Yeah. Look down below, folks, if you're listening to this right now. Go check that game out. It sounds awesome. I'm going to do it right after this recording. So, yeah, that's, the, that's kind of the cube in summary. Take a, a short break, and then we'll, we'll be back. We'll talk about the history of the cube in all previous editions of Dungeons & Dragons. So no surprise, as a famous monster, the gelatinous cube first appeared way, way, way back in the white box in 1974. It is uh, allegedly a Gygax original, and there's like an apocryphal story about how it was invented by Gygax as an explanation to like where, you know, the bodies of the monsters the players had previously slain went. Like, how does the dungeon reset itself? Well, there's this monster, this cube. Its first appearance in a monster manual would have been 1977, which is the the original monster manual uh, for first edition. And those entries are always really interesting because there's there's always some weird thing that they fixate on. You have to imagine was coming up a lot at Gygax's table that he felt the need, like, in the book to say, like, this is how it works. So they're very detailed about what kinds of items the cube can dissolve and which ones they can't. Like, you consult this treasure table and these are the dissolvable items and these aren't. And it's like, I don't know, like, why was this important to you, Gary? Like, I don't understand. Oh, I um, mean, all these games, it were always about tables. It was yes, about as many, how many tables can I put into a game 
Because right. tables are, that's real life. Real life yeah, exactly. is, is. And, and it's, there's, there's like an table. arbitrariness to it where it's like, I didn't decide that your magic sword got dissolved. The table did. Like, right. It's not mine. You can't blame me. It feels like an attempt to mitigate arguments about like, once you defeat the cube, it's like, well, what, what of my gear is still around? Like, well, all your good gear got dissolved. You know, right, like that right. kind of stuff. It's like, no, you can't blame me. Well, you did write the table. Carry. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. like, you can't, it's not, you're not completely flameless here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. In second edition, then, the cube kind of appears as we see it in fifth edition now, where it gets kind of roped in with all the other oozes. They do, in second edition, the monstrous manual, make this interesting point about how, like, how it reproduces. Allegedly, it reproduces by budding. And, like, in certain conditions, it will just, like, drop little smaller cubes that eventually get bigger. Which I love because that that implies that as an adventurer going around in a dungeon, you might run into like a little tiny, like, you know, baby cube running around, which is just that's much cuter. Like, why, why is that not still around? Like, I want to see, you know, a small size cube. I love yeah, baby cube. That's so baby cute. Cube, right. And like, I can imagine fe- jewelry like and t-shirt, you know, it's like a- it does feel like a Disney branded. Like if you were going to make a cute animal companion for a D&D themed Disney movie, it would be you know, a little baby cube that follows them around. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, no yeah, question. Right. Although the it would always try alone. to, it would also try to kill you immediately. Like, that's the challenge. With right, the, but it'd be so cute about it. Oh, it's like my boot. Right. It's like, oh, it's not exactly. going to do any harm. You know? <laughs> right. And then it's kind of remains more or less the same through the remaining three editions. The only thing that really happens is that in third edition, they add this pseudopod attack that it currently has, which is kind of one of its basic attacks. And it's fine. In 4th edition, they remove it. And then 5th edition, they give it back to it again. So it kind of seems like they can't decide, like, should the cube be able to reach out and grab you? Right. Or should it not? I know where I fall on that schism, the the uh, pseudopod schism. Where are you at, Jeffrey? Do you think they should be able to reach out? Or do you think that they're just a cube? Ooh, I do think they should be able to reach out. You do? Okay. Yes. Interesting. Um, Defend your position. Why, why are you pro-pseudopod? I do think that they should have pseudopods because okay. uh, otherwise... It seems like a very easy creature to avoid. Um, True. Uh, I feel like it needs, we, we need to give it a little bit more of an advantage. A little um, more oomph. A little okay. bit more oomph. And I feel like pseudopods, and I have a specific way I'd want to do pseudopods. Ooh. It's not pseudopods as I believe it has been thought of before. Oh. I have a different approach for the pseudopods. You're going to disrupt the pseudopod industry. I, yeah, think okay. I, I think I might. I was in, very <laughs> much inspired by doing some research for another Adventure Stack game I did called uh, You Are a Single-Celled Organism where you play as a single-celled organism. And I watched a lot of videos of amoebas, and it's like, oh, pseudopods can do all kinds of interesting things. Um, yeah. So anyway, I could talk more okay, about Okay, okay, cool. So it's a little, t- little teaser. Stay little tuned, teaser. everybody. Stay tuned for the pseudo-talk. <laughs> Somebody was just about to, like, oh, I can't handle this podcast. Like, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Where's this going? I'm intrigued. The only other thing that 4th edition does that I want to mention real quick is that it makes an explicit connection between the, the gelatinous cube and all the oozes and a, a particular demon lord named Jweeblex. Uh And Jweeblex is a, a very apocryphal character in Dungeons & Dragons. The only reason I want to mention them is that when I was looking them up and kind of researching them, they have this huge list of awesome epithets, like tons of incredible names. They're like a demon lord of oozes and slimes, but they are called the, the patron of pestilence. The Fetid Prince, He Who Slithers. Like, all these, go check it out. Like, there's like a wealth of awesome names. <laughs> Dweeblex is gross, but 
tons of rad like metal band names. Yeah, just I was gonna say he's like a pro yeah. wrestler. It's like the you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like the slime guy. You know, Mister Mister Goop you up. You know, like yeah, totally in this cool. corner, right? Yeah. And then lastly, the last thing I want to say about the cube is that it has really penetrated almost every kind of facet of D&D culture. Like, if, if you're going to depict a monster from Dungeons & Dragons in outside media, it's almost always going to be one of the four we mentioned. I think the cube in particular is popular. Um, it showed up in Adventure Time, and I didn't know this until researching, but I guess there's one in the Pixar movie in Onward. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen Onward. I yeah, have but there's a whole yeah. sequence with it. And I was yeah. like, it's just nakedly a gelatinous cube. And like, I thought that was lovely. Yeah, that's pretty much all I had for history. Any thoughts on that stuff, Jeff? Only that it is impressive that they hit such an iconic monster so early in the development. So a lot of times with game development, it takes a long time, especially with games with like multiple editions and stuff, for you to find like the thing, you know, like right. to find the like a really cool yes. thing that's like associated with it. And they 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 hit it right out of the park. So, uh, you know, that's what's weird. I found that's true with a lot of monsters. Like, I'll be like, okay, this must be a more recent invention. Most of the monsters we've done so far have been like from first edition and have barely changed. And the question is like, is this a matter of the monster being so well designed that it's just, it's timeless? Or is this kind of a, a tendency in the D&D culture to like revere the past and say anything that Gygax touched is, is you know, great and holy. I think the cube is one of those ones where like, it's so primordial in its sense of like, it's an ooze, it's a blob monster, oh no, right? But I don't know, like, I don't know if we just have a tendency to like, you know, fall in love with our own nostalgia about the old D&D days or whether that's actually such a great monster. I think it could depend. I think it's maybe a little bit of both. I mean, for me, I mean, I literally did not know until uh, preparing for this podcast that it was an original monster. Really? Yeah, I I would have guessed if you were like, when was the gelatinous cube invented? I would have been like the late, mid to late 80s, something like sure, that. Sure, sure. I was very surprised by that. Um, it I, feels kind of Ninja Turtles-y from yeah. that era, right? If like yeah, a slime ooze. monster. Yeah, slime, yeah. ooze, Toxic Avenger, right. like all of that was like totally. in the, was in the mix. And I feel like yeah. they, they were out in front of that. Well, that's the history of the cube. Obviously, it has this long uh, history. But again, what's interesting, it really hasn't changed all that much. Uh, so next, we're going to talk about, you know, what elements of the cube are so good they have endured. What are our favorite things about the Rotten's Cube, which we'll talk about in just a moment. All right, so the first thing that I like about the gelatinous cube, something I think I like about all oozes in Dungeons and Dragons, is that they are, there's something very, like I said before, kind of primordial or elemental about them. Like the mindlessness of a cube or a black pudding or a ochre jelly or whatever. I think that's a feature. I don't think it's a bug. I think that like right now in the TTRPG community, there's a big discourse about what is a monster. And, you know, if it's an, it's an orc a monster, is a uh, an angel a monster, is a demon a monster, what can you fight and why? Something There's something clean and nice and simple about this is a horrible, mindless slime. And all it wants to do is dissolve you. And there's no negotiating with it. And there's no, well, what does it want? No, it's it's just trying to eat you. And that's it. And there's no ambiguity around, can it, should I feel bad about fighting or killing this monster? It's, it's barely, I mean, is it alive? That's really up for debate, right? So I think there's something really nice about that design and that you, you never you never have to worry with an ooze. An ooze is this thing that you as a human are like, oh, gross. And that's all you. Right? I agree. In so, fact, I had that on my list as well. No agenda. Great. There's no yes. agenda for an ooze, which makes it right. weirder and crazier <laughs> to yeah. fight. In a lot of games I've played, like whenever right. we encounter a monster, 
like one of the players is like an animal handler who like wants to charm and like befriend. And I like love those players. But like, I love that there's just not even a possibility of doing that no. here. It's right. not going to be your friend. It is, <laughs> yes. it is a flesh seeking missile. That is all it, that is all it is. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It is just a cube of hunger. It is a square of hunger and it's just going to come and eat you. And I like I like your point about the fact that they have no agenda makes them weirder. Like <laughs> something about being a black pudding is like, okay, you're just kind of like a weird blob. But the cube is so geometric. It's like, I don't understand. Why are you staying in this shape? <laughs> like, why wouldn't you like <laughs> deflate? Wouldn't that be easier to move? Like, well, what that, is the what is the reason behind this? Which yeah. is, yeah, which brings up to my, my next point, which and it literally just wrote down it is cube that is uh one of the things i like best about it is its shape it's it's completely unexpected in uh in nature to have something that is a cube like only constructions that are human made are things that we think of as being square right exactly you know right angles right with right angles yeah so so the fact that there's a natural creature in this world that is square uh, that is cube is uh, it's really makes it it makes it stand out just as an idea in like fantasy. It is cube, yeah. <laughs> it is cube. I mean, we it know the cube. explanation is that they go through tu- that they live in tunnels, and, and and so so I guess that's a question too. If you take a cube out of its tunnel. Does it stay a does it stay a That's cube? That's the real question. And I think the the answer is yes, right? Like yeah. they don't say anything about it like deflating. So like that's I always the assume, problem. I always assume that it does. Uh that it stays that it stays as a cube because I my in my head it's like okay, they're like born in dungeons and yes. they're like raised in dungeons. <laughs> and so therefore it's born in the dungeon, born yeah. in the dungeon uh-huh. raised in dungeons. And so like as part of its like nature, it like adapts to this to the square. And so like even right. if it leaves, it's like, oh, I, I have to be I have to be cube. It is cube sounds like the mantra of the weird like Durgar cult that you meet in the dungeon <laughs> that worships it, right? Like Absolutely. Yeah, it is cube. It is cube. Awesome. My second one is the transparency. I think that's the other really obvious trait about the cube, right? Is that there's, I think the only really way to make it dangerous in its current form is to trick a player into stumbling into one. Yeah. Because otherwise it's so slow and it's like so obvious what happens if you touch it, right? Like, but be, but because it's transparent, it lets you get away with a bunch of wacky like shenanigans. Like almost all cube encounters on some level have to kind of grapple with this fact. I remember running one one time where party had to go up a level and so there's an elevator they have to take that takes them there. But there's a 10 foot by 10 foot cube perfectly set in the elevator. Oh, so somebody great. steps into the elevator, it eats them, and then the doors close and it takes them away, right? You kind of have to do a stupid trick to make it I work. I was going to say, know? that's maybe the best use of a gelatinous cube I've ever heard. Like that's really? a, Yeah, I love that idea that like you would... Because, like, when you get into an elevator, like, you're not necessarily paying attention. It's just like, no, oh, it's just like a mode of transportation. So it sort of, like, tricks you. Right. It's like, oh, shit. Like, it totally tricks you. Because, like, yeah. you as a as a person do that all the time. It's That's a pretty right. normal activity. It's like, oh, you just yeah. walk in the elevator. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, right? I'm not going like, to do a check. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going yeah, to do a do perception right. in this elevator. Right. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. then close door, <laughs> elevator gone. Yeah. But, you know, you can put them in pit traps and stuff like that, too, right? Like, there's right. A, you kind of have to. You can't just have a – maybe you could just 
have a corridor where you walk down and you run smack dab into one. But the transparency lets you get away with some of these like goofy, you know, comic book style whoops, like like moments, uh, which I like. We are once again uh, of a like mind because the, the translucence was my third one. And for sure. uh, but for a slightly different reason, I Please. Uh, because you can see the previous victims inside it, it almost has a roller coaster effect of yeah. like, oh, I'm like pulling up to this thing. Oh, and I know it's ba- I know it could kill me because look yes. at all the, the, the shit it's done in the right. past. You know, it's like a yeah. whole like recent history of terror is like right. floating inside of it. <laughs> And so that's, you know, that's like, oh, this could be you. This could be you. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, shoot. You know, it's coming. You know, it's coming because I saw it's like, oh, shoot. All right. Fair enough. Uh, It's good advertising. Another thing that's fun about the stuff floating in it, though, too, is that like I've seen adventures where DMs use it as like an incentive, like magic sword floating in there. Right. It's like, look at look at there's some good treasure, but you got to get into the cube to get it. Because, again, otherwise you just run away from it. Like, why, why engage with it at all? It's so slow. And it's so obvious, right? Yeah, so I didn't even think about the idea of, of the storytelling you can do with the stuff that's inside of it, right? That's awesome. Now, so my last one is it's a small one, but I think kind of an important one. So it's a little bit crunchy in the mechanics, but in 5th edition, under Engulf, it specifically lists that an engulfed creature can't breathe in addition to being both restrained and taking acid damage. Everyone is very worried about the acid damage, right? And the fact that you're stuck in it. But suffocation in 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons is pretty severe. Depending on how your DM rules it, like I, I've used it before, but the conceit is that, like, if you can hold a breath before this thing happens, then you have a longer time. It's like a number of minutes equal to your con mod. Right. But if you can't, if you if you start to suffocate, which is kind of what this implies, you only have, like, a number of rounds equal to your constitution modifier, which is, like, very long, especially if you don't have a, a chunky constitution. So, like, yes, the acid is bad, but, like, suffocation is a, is a real concern. I think that's one of those things you can kind of catch a player with with, like, well, right, but did you get a breath before you went in? Right? And it's like, oh, you can't breathe in there, right? It's just It's just acid. So it's kind of a little like stealth danger that I think is interesting about the cube. It doesn't seem that bad. CR2, right? But uh, wait a minute. You forgot about suffocation. I wrote suffocation into into a one shot that I did for Image Comics for a series called Helm Grey Castle. That's that's out. Uh, yeah, it's like you're in like a living temple. The, te- it, the Basically, the temple is one giant gelatinous cube. Whoa, that's rad. And thank you. It's for, it was fun to write. And so, and that was the, I built suffocation into it. And, because, and I was just like, as reading yeah. the man, I was like, oh my God, like this. Yeah, is, it's serious. This is right? serious. Like, so I did a bunch of things when you get towards the end of the, mm. of the module and the slime starts rise, the digestive fluid starts rising. I built a couple things to like potentially slow the yeah. player down. So oh, it's like great. there's this terror yeah. of like, oh God, like we could it's suffocate in this digestive yeah. fluid that's building up in our in it's, our on our yeah, feet. That's yeah. such a like that's a that's the nice thing about oozes like this is that you can kind of you can mold them into sort of whatever shapes you need for the purpose of the adventure. Yes, obviously, you know, it is cube, all hail cube, but like in this example, right, like you can you can kind of I've seen cubes that are like four or five times the size of a normal cube or like giant, like massive Titan cubes and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they're very flat. Those are, our, I think, what was it? It ended up being about like five positives because we, we shared a couple of them. But frankly, until this act, until this podcast, I've had nothing but positive things to say about the gelatinous right. cube. Absolutely. Thinking about Absolutely. it constructively. I did start to come up with some things of like, maybe right. that maybe not. Maybe do we want to? It, yes. Yeah, and it, there, there are improvements, right? These, improvements, are, these are things we right. can do to make it better. Exactly. I, I really think the cube is one of those monsters but. that, like, it works. Like, there's, yeah, no, yeah, there's nothing wrong great. with what you have here. But, 
you know, how can we make it more enjoyable? Right. And that's what we're going to talk about in just a second. So we mentioned this before, but I think that the cube and all the oozes get kind of the short end of the stick, A, lumping them together like this, and B, like, I think the highest CR ooze, the toughest ooze in here is the black pudding at CR4, right? Which means that they're they're super iconic, you know, especially the cube, but they're not really going to encounter them much beyond those early levels. Like, it's the kind of thing you encounter once or twice, low levels, okay. But then once you get past, like, level, you know, three or four or five, it's like the cube is kind of out of your life. You know, it's like a, it's like a, a, a training monster almost. Right. And I think that stinks because I like the oozes. And I think, I wish we had a wider variety of them at different levels. So it would be cool to see a, a cube that was a little bit more threatening, that could, that could punch a little bit above its current weight class, a little. I feel like it's just, it's so iconic, it's kind of underserved by being so low level. We are we are thinking along similar lines once again. I am thinking how do we how do we make a super cube? How do I make a super <laughs> exactly. gelatinous cube? For sure. Right. Yeah. I mean maybe there's some utility in like, hey, this is a famous monster at low levels, that's cool. Right, but we can have both, right? We can have a lower level cube and a, and a bigger, more powerful cube. Yeah, there's no there is no reason why there can't be a papa cube, a king yeah. cube. <laughs> Yeah, Mama Cube. Mama Cube, Queen Cube. Yeah, I love it. Ooh, Queen Cube. That's pretty cool. That feels very like Metroidvania. 100%. Yeah. So I think that if that's yours as well, then I want to maybe go into the pseudopod v. no pseudopod debate. So go for it. Talk to me about the pseudopod. Well, okay. And before I could go into pseudopods, I have to kind of explain. I think I have to go through some of the things I... I would say I could be improved. And then I think you'll see my logic for why I want pseudopods. I find it hard to suspend my disbelief that you wouldn't anticipate its arrival. Let's concede, we will concede that the cube is transparent, right? Transparent is not invisible. It's not the same thing as invisible. You would, and in fact, the thing has digestive bubbles. You would probably, A, see those bubbles, right? You might also hear the slime. Like, mm. like slime, like when you like get like gack or something and you like roll it like on your bathroom tile. I'm surprised it took us this long to get to gack. I I'm know. I'm so pleased I'm here. it came up. I got it. I got us here. Don't That's worry. So you did it, man. You I got d- us to gack. <laughs> you hear, like you hear yes. a noise. And this thing is supposed to be 10 feet by 10 feet. That's big. Which is huge. So you would it's think, enormous. So if yeah. it's like a giant translucent square right. of gack. Like you can <laughs> like you can hear it, it like crinkle and yeah. crumble within, especially right. if it's adjusting to the various grooves and stuff like within mm-hmm. the thing. Okay. So and also we talked about it before, but you would also see the stuff inside of it. So, right, yeah. so, so, so it like, has to be a completely empty cube, which kind of defeats the point of the cube because it's meant to be like, well, the bones, right? Like right. you have to choose which one you want to do, essentially. But yeah. the thing is, it's super iconic. If you were if you're in a dungeon and you see yeah. like a skeleton floating next to a shield floating next right, to like know. a dog skeleton, you know what I mean? You might have yeah. some <laughs> sense about what this mm. is. They're also relatively slow creatures. So slow. They're super really slow. slow, right? So mm-hmm. easy to outrun. You know, right. what is it? It's like 15. It's like it, 15. Yeah. So that's half as fast as a as regular a, player character can move. Yeah. As a player character can move. Right. So like super easy to outrun. 
And then, okay, this has nothing to do with why I think there should be pseudopods, but I do want to add go. this as a sidebar. Yeah, um, I love it. They're supposed to be cleaners. Like, that's like their, like, mm-hmm. their, like, purpose within the dungeon is to, like, clean yes. the dungeon. But I right. literally can't think of anything more gross than a 10-foot <laughs> cube of slime containing human remains. Um, Pretty gross. Which, and so, by the way... This is also <laughs> something I like about the cube. So this goes into <laughs> Turns both out. categories. Yeah. It, it's it's the grossest possible clear. Right. It would be like if a Roomba was like transparent and full of human blood. Yeah. Like <laughs> just smearing that blood on the floor behind it. It's right. like, yeah. wow, like, okay, I guess it's supposed to be a cleaning device. And right. maybe it could pick up mothballs or something, but it is leaving all right. this blood well, everywhere. I think the <laughs> conceit is that it's dissolving the organic material. But I agree. I love what I love about that is it implies like whose idea who thought this was a good idea? What You're wizard right. somewhere was like, I know, what if the dirt cleaned itself up right if i made more yuck to clean up my yuck right Right, like that's exactly it yeah all right so so okay so now that we've (laughs) pseudopods so now we can talk about pseudopods now you understand my point of view here i do it's problems okay so so here's my thinking if these are creatures that are designed to sneak up on you in a Mm. in a dungeon Mm -hmm. right pseudopods could be really helpful but not the kind but not like a pseudopod like basically like oh here's my like five foot arm or whatever fist yeah like a fist that i'm using to like punch you with yes that's my pseudopods like super long but super thin snakes imagine like the cube is like making its way down a corridor and the adventures are on the other side like on the on another little tiny pseudopod like comes out right Mm -hmm. and like a snake it like slithers and it can slither quietly because it isn't 10 foot by 10 foot it's tiny right yeah it's it's a little 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 appendage that comes out and then stings the adventure to to incapacitate them so that they can't run away super fast right crazy that you bring that up in third edition the pseudopod attack did paralyze his victims they did toy with this so just bring that back a little paralysis effect and then all of a sudden oh shoot i can't outrun this giant slow monster because i've been paralyzed by a secret by a little snake (laughs) in my head canon that's how I imagined the gelatinous cube oh. working was that it not not the snake thing, but the the right. um, but the paralyzed thing. I yes. always thought that that was and a it part has of worked it. that way. That might be where it comes from. Yeah, right? I think. Like but a, I guess a, a it previous. But when I reread the monster manual for fifth edition, it was like, oh, it doesn't have its a paralyzed. Ability. I thought it was a paralyzing creed. I thought it paralyzed you first yep. to make it harder for you to get to swim out of logical. it. Logical, right? Very that logical. was the, yeah. that was the thing, but. Right. Um, so, okay, that's what I would do for pseudopods. That's deeply reasonable. I think that's a very rational argument. I, I don't think I, if I saw a, a gelatinous cube that used pseudopods in that fashion, I would be much more on board than I think how it's just kind of lazily presented here. It's like, uh, it slaps you and you take a little bit of acid. It's weird that a, that a, that a cube would punch you. Yeah, that, exactly. Um, like the right. whole point is that it's a cube. I don't, right. love, I don't love the idea of like, wah, wah, these like Bugs Bunny fists coming flying out of the side of it. My counter argument against Pseudopod is that I think, you know, it is cube. And I think anything that disturbs it is cube is doing the the cube a disservice. I am an adherent to cube. And so sure. I, I, I will not see its its pure, pristine surfaces, 
you know, defaced in this way. I think that your points and your your concerns about how easy it is to escape are 100% correct. My solution maybe isn't as elegant. There are a couple of things I would do. I would A, definitely give this thing stealth. It doesn't even have the stealth skill. If it's invisible, then it needs to be able to move quietly, right? Like, it just doesn't get a bonus to it. It's got minus four to dexterity, so, like, no chance. Um, I would sh- I would reword some of the transparent stuff to specifically say like when it if if the cube does doesn't move on its turn it turns invisible, right? right? Like you might see bones or something if there's something in there, but as long as it, if it stays completely motionless, then it is invisible. But my big ticket fix here is I want a slime trail. Yeah, all right, that's cool. You step into a, a corridor that the cube has recently passed through, and now you're stuck to it. The mm-hmm. cube can sense, oh, you put your foot down in this thing, you can't move, and then it comes around the corner like, oh, somebody stepped in my goo- ooze. And oh, now it's a matter yeah. of like prying your foot out before it gets to you. That's great. Right? I like that. Because I feel like the, even the art has it. Like you look at the picture in 5th edition, and there is like a slime thing around it. It's a little bit like how would you measure that in distances and stuff. It's not perfect. But I think if we took your paralysis idea, that could also help, right? That there's yeah. something about the gunk that makes you like, you know, it slows you down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think we can I think we can both exist in this universe. Oh, we can absolutely. have pseudopods or slime trails, right? I, really I agree. I think that that I again talking about like a large variety of cubes, like I think exactly. you could do, I think you could easily have uh, multiple versions that do different right. things like that. But I, I I think they both yeah, they both solve the same problem which is that the monster is big and slow so you need to slow down your players to to be a credible threat so i've got it i've got a i've got another vision for this cube which is (laughs) that uh which is that i think that this that the cube before it eats should Mm -hmm. be fast like i think it should be relatively fast moving cube that's sick as hell and yes then when it eats it slows down it goes so, into like torpor yeah so like if it gets one of you it could save your whole party because <laughs> it needs to slow down to digest but before it does yeah. it goes like super fast I want it to be like the boulder in Indiana Jones yeah. like I want it to be like and to that yeah. end that's my like, that's my thir- that's my third thing I want to do. That's awesome. To I it. love that. I, I do think that like that is maximum comedy. The idea yeah. of this thing like woo scooting <laughs> along the dungeon hall, kind of like curved a little bit from like the, the G force of how fast it's moving. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of like a racing cube. It's awesome. But yeah, there's there's something really fun about that too, because it, it gives the monster like a change that's gonna happen to the encounter. Once it gets you, now okay, now it goes away slower. It's easier to pull them out, right? Because it's not gonna run away with them. Right. But it's you're right, it's 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 it gives it almost like an ecology, right? Where like once it's eaten, it's full, and it's like okay, uh, oh, I got no energy left. Right. <laughs> well, it has to yeah, it's to expend all of its energy doing the digesting. digestive bubbles, right? Yeah. Digesting, right? So yeah, but That's it's but, rock but, solid. But, but until it does, it so feeds at you. And then here's my here's my third okay. here's <laughs> Here my go. third pitch. So in this version, whether slime trail or pseudopod, right. like whichever whichever it is. Like uh, it, it it incapacitates you, right? And as soon as yes. it does, it becomes right. super bright and colorful, still transparent, but oh. it becomes like again, like a poisonous snake. It becomes like super bright, 
And it's like, and, and so you see it coming. It's this sparkling, shining cube of death racing towards you. Like, is this a cosmetic thing? You just like the idea of it just being pretty? Or is there like a function to that? The, right. The function is like danger, danger. Yeah. Like <laughs> you are screwed. Like, right. and, and so it's fast. So it is fast and it, it, it right. is fast, but it also is like, warning you basically so it was invisible when it when it nicked when it first hit you right Mm -hmm. and then when it's like knows it can like defeat you and it's like i've got you in my clutches it like goes super fast and gets like super (laughs) fun and you are like running from this thing and it is like you look behind you and it is like glowing like it's like pulsing pulsing Uh yeah that's cool i just think that would be a cool image to describe it is a cool image and what i like about that too in addition to how extra wacky it is (laughs) and how it heightens the wackiness of the monster is that it explains why it's always depicted as like green or blue it's right. like that's the cube when it's flashing its color, right? Yeah, like, that's what it does. So yeah, it's like it's kind of like green. it's to address this art problem, right? <laughs> like how do you make an invisible box be appealing to look at? But yeah, that's that's out there. I, I don't hate it. I think that's very silly, but I'm all for silly. It's such a silly monster. It's that's already like, silly. It. Yeah, it's you can't already make it any weird. Let's just right. let's just go for it. You know? Yeah, I completely agree. I'm I'm down for bright colors. I'm trying to figure out like what how you would mechanize that or if that's just totally lore. I am thinking of this not as like how do I improve gelatinous cube but more like how do I make right. this the next generation of a gelatinous cube this like yes. upper tier level right. cube that we're talking about. I don't right. want to replace right. the cherished beloved iconic gelatinous cube. I just want to create a version of it that is similar, but maybe pluses it up, especially for players, for more advanced players. For right. a higher level. That's beautiful. It's a great way to do it, right? Then you kind of get right. to have your cake and eat it, too. If you want to counter to lower levels, awesome. And if you want to bring it back, like this is the alpha cube or queen cube or whatever you want to call it, right? I will say. Uh, that's great. By the way, you were saying my ideas could go on the wacky side. I agree with you. However, th- I may have gilded the lily with this idea. And I re- fully reckon. I fully oh recognize it and and so i'm not saying that this is a i'm not putting this on my official list i'm just gonna throw this out there to the cube community no <laughs> no you were sitting on that get out of here i was not i really? came up with cube yeah community community okay here's what i'm th- here's what i'm throwing out there this monster is so iconic mm-hmm that I kind of feel like you could gremlins to the cube and you could give them personalities. Wait now, a minute. <laughs> now, hold on. Okay. I can no hear one, your objections already. No, it's, we're not talking about agendas, right? And we're not talking about that they talk, but we are talking about like personality traits that are like anti-circus style, like kind of mimed out. You know, what, what do you yeah. think? What do you th- give me a, give me an example. I'm having a hard time picturing this. Talk okay, like sneaky cube, right? Instead of ten by ten, right? It like it's smaller, shrinks. Yeah. It like shrinks itself. It should be like a rug, basically. It's like five by ten. It's like a with r- like table. little. With like yeah like five and then it like has like little like arms and stuff that it like it, it like crawls along the <laughs> side right and then it like pops up like all of a sudden sneaky cube you know like uh, this or is ma- 
This or is like, like a coke-fueled oh. meeting that a bunch <laughs> right. of movie executives are having, right? Where they're like, okay, wait, 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 listen, everybody wait, loves wait, a cube. Right, right, right. There's right. also like, there's also like the cube that like wraps itself like around the victim, like wraps itself like around the victim. Snake cube. Or like sexy cube okay right it kind of like worms its way around like it's almost erotic like how it like does <laughs> personalities for the cubes now again okay. I was I, again it occurred to me right. that like that because when they did that everyone gremlins, loved gremlins 2 uncontroversially better than gremlins 1 i right? mean <laughs> i mean among our generation Yes, like, <laughs> like it is without oh, no. a doubt. Like people love Gremlins too. I'm trying to find a way to honor this absolutely absurd sexy cube idea of yours. Mm. But here, here's here's what I got. This is what I got yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. I think you could do something approaching that if it's a point about like if a cube eats somebody, right? Does it in yeah. some way take on some of the powers or traits of the thing that it eats? Right, so is Sneaky Cube, what what Sneaky Monster, yeah, I mean, you could go that far, sure. I was thinking more of a creature, but yeah, it could could be adventurers, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) Cube that, like, I don't know how you get to, like, Snake Cube or Sexy Cube, but, like, I think because it completely absorbs everything that they are, it's like, yeah, maybe there's some weird rub-off, and it's it's a magical creature. You don't understand how it works. Like, yeah, now it's it's suddenly a lot more concerned about sneaking up and taking its prey unaware as if it's sneaking. Sexy Cube is a harder sell to me. It does feel great for Saturday morning cartoon. But like a know? charming, like a charming adventure, maybe <laughs> charming like a charm-based adventurer, you know, like a, yeah, like a, like a mesmeric cube, right? Like because it, it pulls right. you in. Because that's the great thing about it. If, if you're trying yeah. to find ways to get like, how do we get cube in contact, right? So like a charismatic yeah. person can, and then the cube can like, you know, talk about colors can do like hypnotic pattern across its surface or whatever. It's like, what is that shimmering wall of light? And you walk into it, you know. Like what? What are other ways to lure players into a cube? Like colors, sure, but like imagine a cube that's eaten a wizard. And it can do like illusions. Like well, imagine like a like a Looney Tunes style. Like this just looks like a dungeon corridor, right? right. Or a doorway, almost like a mimic. You put your hand on it, you realize no, it's it's just an illusion. The cube is projected onto one of its sides, right? And now you're into right. it, right? Things oh, like, I like that. that. Like, I like illusion cube. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I I think there's actually some value in a lot of those ideas, as as wild Amazing. and like alienating as they seem. Maybe I'll do a guide. To lesser-known uh, gelatinous cubes. You should. I think that'd be a great product. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. we could put we could put those out there for people. So. And just see. We'll let the market decide. <laughs> like true capitalists. Absolutely. On that absolutely unhinged note <laughs> of sexy cube, I think we can safely say that we are at the end of our episode. I just want to thank you, Jeffrey, for coming on here and just like freely dispensing these incredible cube ideas you oh, know for the community you. to just absorb <laughs> absolutely right? we're just jam- we're just jam- i mean isn't yeah. that the fun of dungeons and giants a wacky exchange of ideas around yes. a table absolutely that's, that's the spirit of this and so i it's it's what i love about it uh awesome can you do you want to tell the people in listening out there in the cube community where they absolutely. can uh they can where they can find you well you can find me on twitter at jeffrey golden g-e-o-f-f-r-e-y g-o-l-d-e-n jeffrey like the giraffe Golden like the color. You can find my, as we talked about earlier, my newsletter, uh, Adventure Snack, um, uh, free games at adventuresnack.com. And I'm very excited because uh, I just debuted my first 
Uh, yeah, I've been writing uh, TTRPG stuff since 2012, but this is yeah, yeah. the first time I've done something on the DMs Guild. I oh, just, cool. I, de- I debuted a new uh, one-shot adventure called Target Run, and it's uh, it's D and D meets Caddyshack. It's a it's it's a D and D. Of course it is. <laughs> right. I mean, listen. If you've heard my ideas so far, <laughs> yeah, you know where it's coming this from. is actually this is a saleable idea. This is actually <laughs> one of my one of one of my uh, more reasonable ones. It's a sports comedy uh, adventure. Great. Um, so uh, and the and the module includes a fully playable team archery sport called Allegan. Oh. And uh, it's kind of like a mix of archery, hockey, and laser tag. And you can take that game out of the module, too, so you can play it separately in your own homebrew campaign. That's um, rad. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. so cool. It's uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, it's on the DM skill, and it's the number one hottest uh, community comedy uh, adventure. Whoa, look so, at that. That's awesome. So, Congrats, uh, so, man. That's oh, huge. Thank you so much. It's a, a, I'm very excited for it. I'll put the link down below. That way people can go check it out. I was like, uh, I knew you had published some stuff, but I had no idea it was such a such a fucking incredible, innovative premise, right, of taking that. Like, again, it's a cool that has, like, the bilateral thing where it's, yes, it's an adventure, but there's also this mini game that, like, you could either use in the context of the adventure or you could just say, hey, I need a sport in my world. Here's yep. the sport, right? It's Allegan. Like, Here's the sport. Awesome. I yeah. give you sports. I, it's uh, a nice palate cleanser. It's a good change, especially for uh, for like a hard campaign, for long running campaign. Oh, this is yes. a nice thing to do, and it's a combat light. So it's very much the the adventure is very uh, it's social and and exploration pillars, and uh, with the with this sort of nonviolent combat of uh, of a sport at the heart of it. So I think it's it could be it could be great palate cleanser. I believe that most players would be fine being in town doing wacky shenanigans most of the time. This sounds like a great shenanigan to get up to. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, great. Thank you so much for coming, Jeffrey. Um, and uh, I look forward to uh, checking out your, your work and maybe having you on again in the future if you'd like to talk about more. Oh, oh, I'd love to. That'd be That'd a lot be of great. fun. Once again, a huge thank you to Jeffrey Golden for agreeing to appear on our silly little show. We'll be back next week with the last of our bee monsters, the Bullywug. But until then, thanks for listening. It is Cube, and happy adventure. Monster of the Week is a ProDM production. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at XPWebSeries. You can find Jeffrey Golden on Twitter at Jeffrey Golden. You can subscribe to his newsletter, Adventure Snack, at adventuresnack.substack.com. And check out Target Run, his sports comedy D&D 5th edition adventure on the DMs Guild. The links are all below. The music used in this episode was Rainbow Ride and Waves by Azure Flux, licensed under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, Creative Commons license. Check out their work at azureflux.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.